Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the Gagan Press, part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. It's Monday the 17th of May. I'm Andrew Headspeeth and I am joined as always by the toppest of legacy Reds is Mr. <laughs> Alex Purdy. Uh, before we go any further, I need an injury update. How are we looking on the broken foot, Alex? Right, so one week on, I'm, it's actually not too bad. Uh, I think I might make the Euros, to be honest. Yes! Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Round of applause. Will you be back for Burnley, though? I mean, you no, can either score no, for Burnley. No. I don't want to play that game either. Yeah. I can see the crutches in the corner of your room there as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, are I they still getting a run out? Nah, they really hurt my hands, so just left them. <laughs> Okay, it sounds a little bit like you're faking this injury. To be honest no, with you. no, it's, it's really bad. I'm not going to show you. The swelling's still there. It's if you want to see a pic, DM me. Uh, wow. No, I'm wow. Really yeah. I've been in burned isolation. by that offer before. Yeah, I was going to say, in isolation, that does not sound yeah, good. But... Sure, should we move on? Uh, we are also joined by not one, but two real, actual football journalists today. Of course, we have Emma Sanders... How are you, Emma? I'm good, although now I feel like a really bad human because I completely forgot that Purds broke his foot. So when you were asking for an injury update, I was like, so who? I was like, has somebody else been injured since Jota? Um, but yeah, no. So apart from the, you know, the massive feeling of guilt that I now have, um, I'm good. Yeah, good. Do you want to remind the listeners, Purds, of how you broke your foot as well? Because it was spectacularly stupid. Uh, it was stupid. Come on, not spectacularly. I just jumped up for a header. The ball's nowhere near me. Um, and I landed on the side of my foot and rolled it and broke my metatarsal, apparently. There you go. Oof. That was like, remember when that injury, everyone had that injury. It was like David Beckham had it before one of the World Cups. It became like a real like popular thing. You comparing uh, me to David Beckham? In a way. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I feel like David Beckham set the trend though, didn't he? It was like before him, no one had really heard of it. And then when he when he did it, everyone was like, you know what? I fancy a bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then 20 years later, there was Alex Purdy. Just yeah. us two. Yeah. There you go. And as I mentioned, we do have another guest with us on the pod this week. I am delighted to announce uh, that I just remembered to the Gagan Press pod squad. It is Lizzie Becirano. How are you doing, Lizzie? Good. I'm very, very happy to be here. It's quite exciting all the way from the States. Yeah, so Lizzie uh, works with us at 90 Min, but is based in Miami, um, but is actually, well, Mexican-American. How do you, how did you come to support Liverpool in the first place? What's, what's the story there, Lizzie? Um, quite silly, I would say. Um, we, my family and I just took a trip to Liverpool for the Beatles, actually. Um, did no the tourist thing there. And we had about an hour in between tours. And I mean, we've always been a very football-centric family. So we thought, why not go to Anfield, kill a bit of time. Um, I was about 
12 at the time. And I remember it was the old museum where they had a video of you'll never walk alone through the decades. And I just remember planting myself in front of that video for about 45 minutes, just staring at it. And I thought, yep, this is me, here I am. And ever since then, suffered through a little bit with Liverpool and then <laughs> now rejoicing, now finally rejoicing. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so good. That's so much better an origin story as than I was expecting. Really, it's better than my yeah. awful origin story. Jeez. I think it's it's better than all of ours put together. So uh, yeah, we, we should just all go now. To be honest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mine. I mean, mine is the only just, way. Yeah. I mean, literally, mine was because I'm from a part of the UK that has absolutely no football teams, and my parents are scottish and irish so it was just a friend of my dad's from work who just gave me a liverpool shirt when i was about five and then it just stuck from there so that was it for me which is nowhere near as exciting unfortunately as uh, as your story <laughs> uh but i'm gonna ask you now just because we're talking about Perz's injury have you ever had any football related injuries um unfortunately not i had a two-year career and most of the time i played left bench and from then I learned to enjoy the game as a spectator rather as a player. So it's been great since then. Yeah, so just, just splinters then. That's the only thing you need to worry about, really. I, I love how you said, unfortunately, <laughs> you've not had a sports injury. No, that's, that's a good thing, Lizzie. That's, yeah. that's fortunately that you haven't had a, a sports injury. No, but like, we love the war scars. You like, you play and then... You get to say you injured, but would have liked to get on the pitch, but it's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm over it now. Uh, yeah, I mean, Perds, the enjoyment for you is just telling people about getting injured playing football, isn't it? I mean, it's, you're loving that right now. It's embarrassing how much I love the attention, but I do. Yeah. I'll probably do it again. I'd recommend it. Well, we better get into actually talking about Liverpool. And one man who is, I'm sure, loving the attention right now is Alison. Uh, in my pre-pod notes, it just says, Alison, 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 oh my God, let's talk about Alison. So let's do that. I mean, Emma, you're probably the biggest Alison fan or Stan I know in the world. So I'm going to go to you first on this. Just yes. talk to me about Alison. I mean, to be honest, I pictured her as just screaming for like two minutes on this podcast. <laughs> Because that's, just, that's pretty much what I did. So I was doing the live text, obviously. I always seem to do the dramatic ones these days. So I was doing I the live text. I can't believe how restrained you were. I saw, yeah. your, I saw your live text and it was so, like, I'm not going to say boring, but I just thought there was room there for well, more capitalization, you know. And... I am meant to be, you know, unbiased. Um, <laughs> so I, I did have to play it cool a little bit. But, and it was also kind of the, the point that I, I didn't really know what to say. So hence the lack of anything in there because I was like uh I think I just have to like explain the goal so obviously I like flashed it and was like the goalkeeper has scored like in like capital <laughs> letters and I was like I don't know what's going on and then so we have like a uh, like a Skype uh, a group Skype chat because obviously we're all working from home at the moment so usually if we were working in the office like everyone would have been running around screaming so um yeah I just sort of put in the, in the whatsapp chat I was just like oh my god and then put oh my god in capital letters and then was like oh my a word which I can't say on the podcast god <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and then I was like oh crap I actually need to like report on this um so yeah it was just like it was insane like, I genuinely didn't know what to make of it and then all night I was like I can't calm down I had to go for a run at like half an hour night because 
I just couldn't sit still. Honestly, I was so pumped. I was like, I don't understand it. Like, it's just the way Amazing. that I was texting someone this morning. It's the way that he made it look so simple. So, yeah, it was a genuinely really good header. It was incredible. It was like he just ran up and it was like, oh, yeah, I'm just coming up for the corner. And then Trent puts in an absolute worldie. <laughs> By the way, that's not even Trent's most famous corner. It's like his second most <laughs> famous corner. So Trent puts in an absolute worldie of a delivery and Alison's just like, yeah, I'll just nod this in. And then he's like, look at me, I'm a cool guy. And like Bobby Firmino, I was actually concerned about him. I was like, is he having a heart attack? Like, I was like, someone needs to check on him. Is he going to be okay? <laughs> The scenes were just unreal, but yeah, no, I was obviously delighted for him. And I think his post-match interview was incredible. And um, I think like I've just got so much respect for how well-spoken he was. And mm. um, clearly it was an emotional moment for him. So it was just, yeah, it was just fantastic to see. And it obviously meant a lot to everyone as well. Yeah, we'll come to that interview. Perds, uh, first keeper to score for Liverpool in the club's history. Uh, first goal uh, keeper in the Premier League to score with a header, which surprised me because just in my head there's been like three or four different heading. That's how goalkeepers normally score, isn't it? But apparently not. Uh, Klopp compared his goal to Giroud after the game as well because it was it was such a good header. I mean, we're talking goal of the season here, surely. <laughs> For sure. us, definitely. You know what? Everyone, you um, push nearly you nearly spoiled it for me though, didn't you? On the WhatsApp chat. Yeah, I did. Because <laughs> I, I see him running up for the corner and my phone goes. It says OMG from Andy. I'm like, huh? <laughs> what's going on? Has someone just gone close? Have we scored? Surely it's not Alison, even though I can see him running up and then nods it in. I didn't see your message after, which was just a series of characters that made no sense. <laughs> very excited as we all were. I sort of adopted this weird sort of high pitched laugh that I couldn't stop for about two minutes where I was just in disbelief, head in hands. Honestly, maybe top five moments or top three moments watching Liverpool for me was against yeah. West Brom. Incredible. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Lizzie, I mean, paint us the picture. Where were you watching this? Like with the time difference, was this like kind of, was this a morning game for you? It was, it was rather early, but nothing we wouldn't do for Liverpool. Um, nearly spilled my coffee, had it in hand, got quite nervous. Never in a million years expected Alison to make that at all. I think the first thought that went into my head was, um, what if fans had been there? Oh my gosh. What would have happened? I think that would have been unreal. Just, I just couldn't even imagine it. So, and then I would just went into confusion and whether <laughs> if it was like real or not, um, doubted reality for a bit and then just wanted to continue on from there. Yeah, like Basically, I agree with you because when I saw like when it first went in and everything happened so fast, I just assumed that it was Nat Phillips who got it because I saw them both jump yeah. at the same time. I was like, it must have been Phillips. But then when that replay comes through, it's just oh my god, amazing. Lizzie, did you? I don't know if you yeah. saw on Twitter that Liverpool, like Liverpool's official account, had the Twitter graphic card saying Alison scores like already ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crazy I, mean, I, I didn't understand that because I also saw a lot of tweets on the other end saying like oh Allison's coming up like what is he gonna do love mm. those now <laughs> but no one in a million years expected anything or at least I didn't and I have a lot of faith in Allison and absolutely didn't expect anything no uh is it, Emma Purds is the problem then like with our goal scoring this season that we just haven't we needed to put Allison up front I mean that's where we've been yeah. wrong, right? I mean, to be honest, I think he's uh, 
he's he should be up there for the running for the Golden Boot next season. Um, that should be <laughs> on his goals. Um, I, th- I think we found a, a, a natural goal scoring replacement for Firmino, you know, in terms of rotation. So well, swap them um, round, get Firmino and goal for a couple of games, see how it goes. Oh. I was going to say Mane because he's still off the boil. So maybe yeah. he gets Golden Glove. Maybe they swap the awards. <laughs> hey, did you see? Uh, well, Alisson now has as many Premier League goals for Liverpool as Mario Balotelli as well, which is nice. Wow. Yeah. Oh, great what a great era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great throwback. I absolutely uh, agree with Lizzie, by the way, in the, in the doubting reality. So I didn't really go through that phase last night, but I went through it this morning where I was sort of like, reread the match report and then like reread the stats and was like did that actually like I woke up this morning was like did that actually happen so I completely yeah I can resonate with that feeling this morning definitely oh my god and you mentioned the the interview uh before Emma and I'll admit I like I my eyes watered at that point uh it was I mean, for everything that he's been through in the last few months and for him personally, and then for him to come up and, and score that goal, I mean, it couldn't have happened to a to a nicer bloke, really. And he just seems like such a good egg and everybody really loves him in that team. So, I mean, that was that was wonderful to see. Perds, tell me, you, you were almost on the verge of tears as well watching that, surely. I I was a broken man well before the interview. Um, when, he, <laughs> when he's walking off, crying and hugging everyone, that, that's when I just, I was like, done. Just sat there in silence, like... Uh, bottom lip shaking like <laughs> I just couldn't just couldn't hold it in it was just yeah as you say the perfect guy for that to happen to in our team yeah absolutely um taking that moment now into account and all the injuries and everything that's happened over over this last season uh where let's say we do win the last two games and we come top four where does this season rank then in terms of recent seasons for Liverpool? I mean, it started off terribly, but we might get something pretty amazing out of it. Lizzie, I'll, I'll throw that to you. Is this season a success if we come top four and have a finish like this? Um, I wouldn't say a success, really. I think it's bittersweet, but also understandable. I mean, we did come off like two phenomenal runs. And so given the injuries and the situation yeah. and even... COVID in general, it kind of knocked people out. Um, bittersweet. I don't think, I think people who've been with Liverpool for a while know that there's been moments where we suffered and it was absolutely horrifying to even watch a match. I think this one, even with its problems, it's been exciting sometimes. So at least we have those moments. So not the worst. Emma, how are you? How is this ranking for you? I've seen people suggest on Twitter, and it kind of conveniently forgets a lot of the season in which it has been terrible, but suggesting that this would be one of Klopp's biggest achievements if he was to, to secure a top four finish here. Yeah, I, I find that really bizarre. I think bittersweet is a very, very good word from Lizzie to use to describe it, because I think at the start mm. of the season, if you had said that Liverpool was scraping to get top four with three games to go, then you'd be going, well, that's an absolute failure considering the the levels that they were at. But then you have to then obviously bring in the background of COVID, the fact that they lost their two starting centre-backs extremely early on in the season. And then, you know, the third centre-back then was lost as well. So when you factor everything in, I wouldn't call it a a success, no. But I would say that they, um, they achieved what they needed to achieve 
come the end of the season, which was to at least secure the Champions League qualification. But no, like if you were if you rewinded it sort of eight months ago and asked me where would Liverpool finish the season, I would have said, well, they surely, after winning the league so comfortably last season, they have to at least be challenging for the title. And Liverpool haven't done that. So it's certainly not a success, not from my point of view. I understand what people are saying in terms of what Klopp has had to manage with the injuries, but every other manager in the league has had similar, not to the same extent, but they've had similar issues in terms of managing fixture schedules, obviously COVID injuries. So um, I wouldn't say that his achievements have been in the magnitude of what he's achieved in terms of Champions League success and Premier League success. Um, I think he's shown perhaps a different side of his management that we haven't seen before and deserves to be praised on that if they were to secure Champions League football. But I certainly wouldn't put it up there as one of Liverpool's greatest achievements on the clock. Not for me. Yeah, I mean, not too many. As a, Looking at the season as a whole, not too many people are going to be buying the DVD of uh, yeah. 2020, 2021, are they? Sorry, I think it will go down as like a, a cult season. Same way in that Origi goes down as a cult hero. He's basically shit, but he gave us one of the best (laughs) moments of our lives in the same way that this season is basically shit, but we've had some amazing moments as well. So not success, but, you know, in in a few years' time, we'll be like, fuck, do you remember that season when all this happened? Mm. Losing six at home and like, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Considering a month ago or a few weeks ago, we were sort of we'd written off the prospect of getting Champions League football and you know everything that was happening, it, it just felt like such a, a downer. And now to be you know to have Champions League football in our own hands, you know, essentially for the final two games amidst everything that's happened, I think it is it's an, it's an achievement in its own way. Obviously, it doesn't rank alongside the Premier League and, and Champions League, but I think yeah, it's just it's just nice to be positive about Liverpool again, <laughs> isn't it? Really. Yeah. Um, going back to the game then. Another thing to be positive about was Thiago. He's looked good in the last couple of games for Liverpool. I thought perhaps this might have been his best performance as a Liverpool player yet. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Lizzie, and, and on his season as a whole for Liverpool? I think it's been interesting. I think I would use the word dynamic. He's had to adapt, I guess we all have, which has been difficult on everyone. I think the time frame to adapt is very limited. And so in my eyes, he's performed in that sense. And then watching him this past game, I think to me it was a proud moment to see him thrive after a season of hardship, I guess, for him. So I, I don't know if I would say best game for him as a Liverpool player. I'd like to think more in the future and the fact that he has more. But so far, maybe, yeah. Mm. Uh, Emma, we've seen him play sort of, well, at least in the first half of the season, he played a lot more in the deeper role as like a number six, and we didn't really seem to see, see the best of him. Like at least um, against uh, Southampton, it was when he, when he scored, right? And then, uh, and then uh, yesterday um, against West Brom, he was playing in a much more sort of advanced role, taking people on, playing that final ball or that penultimate ball. I think that's probably where we get the best out of him, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I was I was going to bring that point up that we I know we've spoken about it before, but Fabinho having to play centre back did massively like impact Thiago on the first half of the season. Well, the first half of the kind of the season without the centre backs. Um, mm. So yeah, definitely massive impact. And those two games that you mentioned there, um, well Southampton and obviously yesterday, and then I would add 
Manchester United to that as well. I think of the kind of the three games where we've seen uh, Thiago just get better and better and better per game. So I think like I agree with you, Andy. I thought um, the performance on the weekend was his best one yet. Um, and like Lizzie says, I think there's still loads more to come because um, we've heard him speak in post-match interviews about wanting to get in and around the box more and wanting to take more shots. I think it was after the Southampton game when he scored where he actually said in, in, in an interview with either with Ozil Sky, I can't remember, and he said, um, I, you know, I should be scoring my goals. I should be getting... It was off the back of, I think he was getting a bit of criticism about a lack mm. of assists. And he said, you know, that is something that I want to bring more to my game is get into those positions. And he said that, you know, Klopp had told him to to shoot more and he did. And um, and Klopp, again, very poignantly, after all of the talk around Alisson this Sunday, specifically pointed out two shots that Thiago had made, um, which I found really interesting because I think, like, he's pointed that out for a reason. So, um, yeah, I think there's more to come, but... Yeah, definitely really, really impressed by by his performance, certainly this weekend. Yeah, his, his feet are just so good and he makes space for himself when he's in those advanced positions on the edge of the box. We saw it a couple of times with those shots where he like managed to to beat a man and then and get his shot away. And I think that has got to be uh, where he's going to be looking to play going forward or at least going into next next season. Um, well, Perz, I'll, I'll throw this next one to you. Uh, I mean, it's it's... It's good. Everyone's feeling good today. It's a wonderful moment in the modern history of, of Liverpool Football Club. But is it worrying that we needed a last-minute winner from Allison to be already relegated West Brom? I mean, that's the cold, hard facts of the matter, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I really didn't think we were going to do it yesterday from about 60 minutes because it was just one of those games. Again, like we're saying, Thiago needs to bump his assists. Like, he could have had about four yesterday, to be honest. Um, so he's getting in the right positions in that. Um but I don't, I don't, it's not for the want of trying, you know, like we, we looked bang up for it. We just couldn't break them down. Um, I just, we basically just need to stumble over the line for the rest of this season. And I don't care how we do it. Like two more Alisson 95th minute headers will do, please. I'll take that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, Done. if that's happening, then I need to get some more rum in because I can't physically get through <laughs> the next like two weeks. It's just oh, my heart. <laughs> Emma, how would you feel if you grew the moustache back and then scored two more winners? That I know the game over for you. Yeah, I mean, you you were quite big on on the moustache thing, weren't you? I was uh, I wasn't as big a fan. Like, yeah, I probably oh. prefer him to stick without. Although it would be even more impressive that he would look like somebody from like the eighties, and then do, <laughs> like yeah. So I guess from that sense, okay. <laughs> Uh, how how worried were you then about the sort of the pre 95th minute performance then from Liverpool Emma is it I mean they're making chances they're just not putting them away I mean you, on the one hand you can say that I mean during that period in which they lost six games at home that they just didn't look like scoring for a lot of the time now things seem to have changed where we are getting we are getting more shots on goal creating more chances but still the goals just aren't they aren't flowing yeah, it was it was a really tricky one because I was thinking about this earlier and I was like struggling to kind of dissect the performance before Allison because I think overall um, I thought Trent had another good game. He was putting in loads of good balls. Thiago dominated midfield um, at the back. I think Reese Williams struggled with those long balls over the top. I think that was a big issue. You did. Um, but in terms of like man to man marking, I think they were fine. Um, 
and again sort of up front like you know Firmino was getting into some good positions Salah looked sharp again um Mane was still off the boil but there was enough there to kind of you know for Liverpool to get over the line I think it's just there are there were occasions where I was kind of screaming like shoot at the TV yeah yeah. and I I don't know whether that's something which this sounds like the most ridiculously unanalytical thing ever but sometimes I just watch like Mane and Firmino and think just just have a shot like rather than having three or four touches you know like last season or even the season before I feel like some of their actions they would have done in you know in one or two touches and it just doesn't seem as quicker it's almost like they're taking an extra touch because they've got they haven't got the confidence to play it first time or they're not quite as aware of where they were as they were last season or the season before so that's mm. the main thing for me it's just just do everything quicker and shoot at the goal <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is exactly the kind of insight we have you on the podcast for exactly <laughs> really. exactly uh, but no, I totally agree. Like I was looking at something the other day with uh, Roberto Firmino's stats, and I, it was in in the 2017-18 season uh, when Liverpool got to the Champions League final against Real Madrid that he got something like 44 goals and assists combined in that season, which was amazing. And he obviously yeah. played really well in the Champions League that season, which boosted his stats. I think he got like 10 goals or something in that competition alone. But since then, everything's just sort of been a bit of a a bit of a decline for him. And I don't know what it is this season, but it's about 15 goals and assists in total, which is a huge drop off when you compare that. And he's playing the same role with the same front three. And it's just it's it's strange that we're just seeing a completely different player because there are games um, like the other week when he uh, against Manchester United, when he pops up with two goals and he he does look the business. But then he just disappears again for for eight games. Uh, I'll, I'll give that to you, Lizzie. I mean, what was your take on the on the Firmino situation? Are you still backing him to perform at this level, or will you do you prefer maybe some like at least to have competition come in for next season in that position? I don't think yet for me. I completely agree with you, Emma. I think to me it's quite an odd thing, and and I'm sure it's not the case, but I just see a lack of urgency on everybody's part. Um, where you see so many extra touches, so many extra plays. And that lack of confidence, I think Firmino can get there. I do think it's a bit of adjusting. I think whereas they were very accustomed to having someone on their left or on their right to pass to without even giving you a a second thought, they don't feel that same way now. I think competition is always healthy. It keeps up a good level, not in a disrespectful manner. I think if Klopp were to bring someone in just to challenge someone um, during trainings and to have them up to par, I would always agree with that um, as long as it's not done in that I'm going to replace you because you had a bad season type of way. Mm. Uh, indeed. I mean, one player who is back in form is, is Trent Alexander-Arnold. Again, he, he was playing fantastically well uh, yesterday, driving forward and creating things from, from that right back position. There was a report today, uh, I think from David Ornstein in, in The Athletic, that he is likely to miss out on England's uh, Euro 2020 squad. Um, Lizzie, as a, as a non-British person, how does, that, <laughs> how does that strike you? Like, I mean, obviously, as a Liverpool fan, you have your own sort of feelings on, on Trent Alexander-Arnold. <laughs> but does it, does it seem strange to you that he's just not in, well, he's part of the conversation, but that he might not get in that England side? Very much so. So I started getting into the Euros, I think, when Stevie was like 
at his best. And it's just, it's very odd to me every year because the decisions made are confusing on my end. And I don't know if it's because I'm a pond away that I don't understand them, but, or maybe I'm just biased to Liverpool, but I do think he's been great so far and they could obviously use him. So that's weird. And then like, I mean, I love Hendo, but like having him instead of like fresh new talent or young, it's just very odd decisions on my end. And I think that no one here has to make those because they'd be 10 times worse. Perds, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're talking, it's probably going to be, well, the report says Trippier, Carl Walker, and then Reese James as a third right back. You're shaking your head at me. Don't like yeah, it. That's all. I can almost put up with a conversation that he doesn't start. You know, just doesn't start. But not bringing him at all is ludicrous. Like, he's one of the best, if not the best, fullback in the world. And he's proved it over the last few weeks and seasons. Um, I I just don't get it. And he was defensively amazing yesterday. I remember, I think, Robson Carney went through again on the right-hand side. And he covered so much ground to get a foot in and block it. And we would have been 2-0 down. Like... Yeah, that was he, it's just one, yeah. such lazy punditry to say he can't defend just because he's not Wambasaka and sits there and it's just a block doesn't mean he can't defend. It look he's come on leaps and bounds since like 2017 when he got ripped up by Rashford, um, and he was great against Man United away last week. It's just it's ludicrous, and England will miss out big time if they don't take him. Yeah, the interesting thing for me is that well, I know Walker they uh, Gareth Southgate likes because he can play in a, in a back three as well as at right back but Trent I think gives you something else that the other defenders don't really and he can play in a much more advanced role and if you want to switch to a 3-4-3 uh, three, three or 3-5-2 three, or whatever he can play that sort of wing back winger role essentially whereas I don't think the others give you that kind of that kind of attacking versatility. Yeah I, under- I understand Walker coming for the versatility in defence I understand Trippier because Southgate loves him and that's fine but Reese James over in, like, look, he's a great... He's not he's, No, and that's not a slight on Reese James. I think he's decent, but he's nowhere near like Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, fine. Hate him. Get him out. <laughs> he's nowhere near Alexander-Arnold, is he? But he's still good. Uh, okay, yeah, on that, we will take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the crunch games against Burnley and Crystal Palace to round off Liverpool season, hopefully finishing in the top four. Okay, and we're back. That's it. Big Sam down. West Brom vanquished. Next up, it's Sean Dyche and Roy Hodgson left to go. I mean, if you had to pick three managers at the start of the season that you sort of didn't want to face, it's like a sort of end of level bosses in a gauntlet to face. It probably would have been Big Sam, Sean Dyche and Roy Hodgson. Uh, but one of them is out of the way. Emma, which one is the scariest now? Is it, is it Burnley away or is it, or is it Palace at home? Burnley away for me. Um, I think the physicality of the likes of Chris Wood, um, you know, Ashley Barnes, Matej Vidra, those kind of players up front. Like I know, like I know you're laughing, but Reese Williams. No, I'm laughing. It's it's in fear. I'm laughing. That's yeah. Laughing. You know, like, I'm just I'm just you know, poor Reese Williams again. Nothing against him. He's a young lad. He's still he's still got a hell of a lot to learn. He's done a brilliant job um, sitting in at centre back this season for Liverpool, but he's still not. Um, you know, he's, he, he would have been, he's at the very early stages of his development. So for him to be up against a, a, a good informed Chris Wood as well, by the way, very informed Chris Wood, 
uh, physically, I just think I think he's going to really struggle. And like I said, you know, earlier in the podcast, I think um, this weekend he struggled massively in terms of those long balls and those aerial balls. Burnley do that for fun constantly for the full 90 minutes. They just launch long balls, crosses, um, balls in behind. Um, and it's he's going to really have to step up his level. So to be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if we see Fabinho drop into centre-back this weekend along with Nat Phillips. Um, well, that's what and, that's interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask, but would you, do you want them to do that? Or would absolutely. You them? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a no-brainer for me. Like, And, and again, this is nothing against Reese Williams, but I just think you, you can't play him in that back four against Burnley because we'll just get absolutely slaughtered. So um, I think in, in turn by doing that, it means you're going to lose a bit of that creativity that we've seen Thiago be able to enjoy in midfield. So it's going to make it harder to break Burnley down. So there's going to be a knock-on effect all around. Um, I think it's going to be really difficult. I really do. Uh, Lizzie, are you confident going into these final two games of the season? Obviously, Emma's touched on the physicality of Burnley and how difficult team they are. But, I mean, they have no wins in their last eight at home at Turf Moor. And um, Palace only have, well, they've not been in great form and they only have one win away from home against the big six this season. So the stats are there to suggest that it might be okay for Liverpool. I think they have the team. I think they have the ability. Palace at home scares me just because it seems like a haunted game to me. Um, <laughs> Definitely. The, the, the pass hasn't been on our side. So I think from a mental perspective, going into that as the last game of the season, might be a little bit difficult, especially because Anfield, you have to you have to perform at a certain level. It's been the critique of the season, I guess, on the bubble of Twitter I've been on that playing at home, especially in a sacred ground like Anfield, you have to perform. And it's weird that Liverpool of all teams at home has been dropping so many points in such silly manners. So I think Burnley will get through. I don't want to say smoothly. I don't think that will be the case. I think it will be a tough struggle. Nothing has been but... smooth this season. <laughs> exactly. And I think we're used to it. So I think we'll see a little bit more of that. But my fear is going into Palace that last game and just getting through that. Oh, yeah. wouldn't, would pay to be in that locker room beforehand. I've, I've just thought... Sorry, sorry to interrupt, Andy. I just thought I no, forgot that... Obviously, Turf Moor are going to have fans back as well. So, yes, I think that that makes the task much tougher as well. Yeah, well, this is the thing, isn't it? There's going to be fans at Turf Moor and at Anfield, which is kind of a, a spanner in the works, potentially also a good spanner. Perz, are you going to be there at Anfield on the final day? I am. I am. I got Ooh. a ticket. Amazing. Sorry to it's make so everyone jealous. jealous here, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it either. But um, so there's a bit extra riding on yesterday and this Burnley game because otherwise there's just no point going really other than just a nice little day out at Anfield but hopefully there's something sure, on it and we beat Burnley you sure you're gonna be okay going up with that foot you know it's not uh not <laughs> gonna stop you point. I will use the crutches to get me there okay. <laughs> to the get hand. a better seat I'll get <laughs> yeah can I sit in the disabled bit probably not no no <laughs> uh how many fans are going to be there do we know what what's the sort of maximum capacity Eight thousand, I think they said I think it might be eight for Anfield, maybe ten for Turf Moor. I might have got that wrong. Okay. It's pretty amazing, amount, though, to make an impact. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Are we expecting then that to? Because, like as I said, Burnley haven't won in eight 
at Turf Moor, um, which is quite surprising given that you sort of, the, the common cliche is that, is that they're one of the sort of the fortress teams that are very difficult to go to. Do we expect that then to change with fans? Yeah, I do. Um, I think like, I've, I've been in the Turf Moor home, home stand before um, and I know, like, obviously I've been with work and I know it's, uh, it's a very um, hostile environment, I'd say. It's, it's a small stadium, so you really do feel the fans. Um, and Klopp has, Klopp has mentioned it for the last week and a half in his press conferences. Every time they ask him about the return of fans at Anfield, he keeps mentioning the fact that Liverpool have to go to Turf Moor and face their fans. So it's yeah. clearly something that's that's in their mind. So I think he's obviously been trying to make the players aware that there's going to be additional pressures. There's going to be, you know, that kind of extra edge that, that they're going to give. So, I mean, it might help the local players because they might be more pumped and they might have something to react to and play against. Um, but I don't think you can. Um, I don't think you can look at that at that fixture without acknowledging that the Burnley players will react to their fans as well. So yeah. It's just a case of who, who deals with it better, I guess. I was going to say, Lizzie, like, in, in a way, we've seen Liverpool play better when they, are, when they are pumped and when they are up for it. And maybe, you know, especially with what happened with Alisson's goal, giving everyone a boost, maybe just the idea of fans in general, regardless of who they're, who they're cheering for, might actually be a boost for Liverpool, you know, in this game as well as at Anfield. Yeah, I think it might also be a sense of relief in terms of, having that normalcy back and it doesn't quite feel so odd in an empty stadium with odd noises, I would say. Um, I think, yeah, bringing back that edge and having something to play for. I know when you have thousands of people yelling against you, you tend to play a little bit better in terms of morale and energy. And I think, honestly, that's what Liverpool needs. I think they need a wake-up call so many times during a game so that might be it and that sense of urgency to prove something to visit fans could be the factor we don't know but i suspect speaking, it. yeah speaking of odd noises is there anything we're going to miss <laughs> about the uh, about empty stadiums um being broadcast live i mean i heard a lot of trent alexander arnold swearing very clearly <laughs> yesterday which was great fun so i think i will miss that a little bit I was just wondering, Emma, like you've been reporting on, on some of these games. Is there anything that's like any of the sort of insights that you've got from not having crowd noise that you've gleaned? Yeah, I mean, I actually said that I found it really interesting hearing the manager's like instructions and certainly from yeah, reporting actually in the stadiums as well. When you hear that, it's like because the press box is usually not too far away from like, you know, the, the touchline. So to hear that is really interesting. But even things like speaking of Burnley, like I, was, I uh, reported on their game this weekend. And there was a moment where I think like Chris Wood was battling with um, the defender. I can't remember who it was. And you could just hear Sean Dyche go, get at him, Woody, get at him, get at him. And just like, <laughs> and I and I put that in my live text. And it's like that sort of bit of, I guess, colourful insight that we've been able to see um, miss out on. Um, so yeah, I am sort of a little bit sad. Like I kind of want the managers to just be mic'd up from like this point on. Imagine how good that would be. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Like we, because of you know the way everything is, we idolise these players and, and and managers and put these games like in this in this weird sort of mythical world almost. And then once you actually see it like boiled down to its essence, without everything else around it, it's essentially just you know Sunday league, but at a really really high standard. 
so the the shouts and everything are exactly the same that you would hear just down the park but just between like between millionaires essentially and you do get like get at him and man on and come on yeah. ref and everything all the same and uh, and really... Thiago's constant I got the ball when he got nowhere <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah I might have to set that as like a text alert or something just to have that with me <laughs> yeah. after fans come back um Perds, how do we how do we manage the squad then for the final two games of the season? I mean, is there any way to with all the injuries? Is it just a case of playing who's fit, or is there any players you particularly like to see play against Burnley and not against Palace, or vice versa? <laughs> We've got no options again. Um, I'm in complete agreement that Fabinho needs to sit at centre back for this one. Unfortunately, um, who comes in to replace him? James Milner, in my mind, if he's still about, is he? I think he's okay? still doubt though, isn't he? No, Amazing. no. Oh. I think I, I think he, he should be back by Wednesday. Klopp said that okay. that he yeah he should be okay for Wednesday. Same with Oxley Chamberlain actually. Yeah, not Oxley Chamberlain. Oh, well. Milner, Milner can sit, I think. Um, and then look, we've got no other options. Jota being out for these two games is a massive miss. I don't think mm. we would have got through Man United without him, for example, and we almost didn't get through yesterday without him. So it's. Just, no changes apart from Milner in for Reese Williams, I guess. All right. Um, Lizzie, any thoughts on, on the way that the, the teams might line up then against Burnley and Palace? Are there any players that you'd like to see come in uh, for those games? Or is it just a case of, as Purdy says, play whoever is fit? <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree with Purdy. I think that's the way to go and kind of seal the chapter that has been this interesting season. Um, and then look forward to next. I think we desperately need a break. I think players need to come back healthy and we'll enjoy from having a full bench again. I miss those yeah. players. Remember when we had good players on our bench? That was something. I um, yeah. <laughs> I think like we... That we, we, could, we could see Bernardo come in for Curtis Jones though, because obviously Curtis Jones started this weekend, didn't we? So I wouldn't be too surprised to see Bernardo come back into the starting level. I think he was just rested purely, Klopp said, just because he's played so much football. So I think he probably did have Burnley in terms of... Because Wijnaldum's very good at keeping the ball, isn't he? And, you know, he's good yeah, at sort sure. of... Yeah, uh, so I, I think I think he'll come in for Curtis Jones. Yeah, I'd be amazed if Wijnaldum didn't start against against Burnley. And he might even have to be captain, considering yeah, who is who is or who is not available. Mm. Uh, just before we go to predictions then, do we care who wins out of Leicester and Chelsea? I mean, they, someone has to drop points. So essentially it's now, it's now Liverpool's to, uh, to lose essentially, but as long as they win both games, they are guaranteed top four. But is there a scenario here that is better for Liverpool? Emma, you're nodding at me. Yeah, because if Chelsea win the Champions League, but finish outside of the top four, then the, then the fourth place in the Premier League would not qualify for the Champions League. What? Is that right? Really? Sure. Yeah, if, if if let's say Chelsea finish fifth and win the Champions League, then they take that fourth Champions League spot, and the fourth place would drop into the Europa League. So, you we yeah, Liverpool basically need Chelsea to qualify for the Champions League just in case they win oh and finish outside. Oh my God. How did I not know this? There's been so much confusion about this. I thought it was like yeah. um, in previous years where we've yeah where you can uh, they have five teams go in, but I think I think that City are going to steamroll them anyway in the final. I hope. <laughs> yeah, they will, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. God, we have to support City now. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it'll be um, fine as long as Chelsea sort of get top four ahead of Leicester. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. So we we want 
Chelsea to get top four. That's the ideal scenario. I think so. Like you, you're making me doubt this now. I've had this conversation <laughs> with about five different colleagues, and we're all on the same wavelength. So I'm pretty certain that's the scenario. Okay. 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 But yeah. Yeah. Well, as long as we're not getting conference league, then I'm happy. Essentially. Yeah. And it all factors um, into like qualification stages as well. Like if you finish yeah. third as opposed to fourth, then obviously you come in at like, uh, I don't know, like the second round of qualifying or so it, there, there are knock on effects to what can position. We finish, can we finish third? I, I don't think, I don't know. I don't think so. Can we? Can we? I haven't looked at the uh, table. Yeah, we, yeah, we can. We might, yeah, but yeah. I think would Leicester have to lose both games or something? Yeah. We still can. Yeah, mathematically, yeah. <laughs> uh okay well yeah Perds, i'm i'm glad that you're keeping up the optimism yeah it's yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh it's a marked change from the last few weeks since you've broken your foot actually you've been a changed man it's amazing i know thanks <laughs> uh, i'll go to you first then on the predictions then we'll do both games because we'll have another pod then before sunday so first off it's burnley away and then palace at home Purdy, take us home what's going to be oh, the final what's... two results of the season 1-0 win against Burnley. 6-0 against Palace. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Seems realistic. Nice. Yeah. Any, well, I'll any be Allison? there cheering him on. So, <laughs> um, Alison, I'll give him an assist in e either of them. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Emma, what are you saying? I mean, usually I'd be like, Perds, like, what, what are you on about? 6-0. But, I mean, we've just seen Alison score a 95th minute. Like winner, so anything is possible. Exactly, that's fine. So I'll go for ten nil against Burnley. Uh, mm, yeah, 12-0 against <laughs> Palace. I feel like you guys aren't taking it seriously anymore. Well, no, <laughs> hang on, hang on. That would be a downgrade, my one, because we beat Palace seven nil earlier this season. Do you remember that? That's true. Away yeah. from home as well. Yeah, that so is true. That is true. It's more likely yeah. going to be twelve. I think. Well, no, like, uh, it's it's seriously now. Like I'm going to go two one Burnley, uh, two nil Palace. What? Oh, but, two, two nil, two one to us. Both wins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, jeez. All right. Okay, and uh, Lizzie, what are you saying? Give us your predictions then for the final two games of the season. I yeah, I agree with Emma. Two one burn like at Burnley, and I want to say three one at home against Palace. Okay, tricky nice. game. They Take get that. in our heads. They do every time. Uh, I think I'm going to join you girls and say 2-1 against Burnley and then uh, a fairly comfortable 2-0 at home to Palace on the final day of the season, which should see us over the line. But yes, I agree that Burnley is the one to worry about. But um, let's keep the faith, shall we? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Anything can happen. Um, Alison yeah. scores, 95th minute. Anything can happen. Too yeah, much. but that means that Nick Pope can score a 95 minute winner against them. <laughs> no. The rules only apply to Liverpool. Yeah. No. yeah. Yes. Only think, like, yeah, only us. All right. I'll take that. Um, I think that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will be back again next week to do, well, a season, you know, closure, a review. Maybe we can go through everything that's happened and the final game of the season in which we've hopefully qualified for the Champions League at least. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard please drop us a review wherever you get your pods would be much appreciated follow us on twitter and subscribe if you haven't already all of that stuff um and that's it really it's goodbye from me andrew headspeeth uh purds say goodbye goodbye we'll see you next time uh emma say goodbye
Goodbye. Last minute winner from Adrian, who comes on as a substitute. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. And for the first time, Lizzie, say goodbye. Bye. Amazing to be here. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.